Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the Soul Shack this afternoon. On my left, Bobby Reynolds. Bobbo, how are you this afternoon? I'm great, Joshy. It's a rainy afternoon here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. The fog was like something out of a horror movie this morning. Mm-hmm. But we're here. Mm-hmm. We made it. I was really scared. Nothing can keep us down. Mm-hmm. Except for illness, which has sure. unfortunately come knocking for Addy. Uh-huh. Uh, that's why we had to pivot a little bit for this episode. It could be golfing, though. That's he's true. Kinda, kinda Do we lying. know that he's homesick? It's true. It's a good. We need a it is raining, but I don't, that wouldn't stop him either. He's going to do the whole, like, uh, put the earphone yeah. things in his nose as, like, uh, he's in the hospital type of thing. You ever seen that picture? I, I thought you were going to say do glasses and a fake mustache he so we that. wouldn't recognize him on the sure. golf course. Yeah, that's With, possible. like, an umbrella hat. And a mustache. And a mustache. Sure, absolutely. Um. So, yes, we are doing a little bit of a pivot. We were originally going to do a 2024 Rookie Primer. That will be next week, Lord willing, and the Crick Don't Rise. Yeah. And uh, we're going to do some buy-sell hold today, Bobbo. It's good. It's a need to give me and Adam another week of uh, of rookie kind of dive. It's a fun class. I don't know how much you've dug into it, but um, the defensive ends, there's going to be a couple linebackers. There's going to be some really fun corners. Um, I haven't dug into the safety class quite yet, but, um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see at the combine how some of these edges test. I think you're going to see a guy like a chop Robinson, um, maybe elevate in the NFL draft. If he tests well, we've got Dejon Markham, you know, just an up and coming uh, cornerback in the league. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun year for rookies. We have Dejon Markham, but we don't have Deadam Markham. There today. you so, go. Yeah, well done. Addy will be back, but yes, we are going to do all sorts of rookie content. We've got some really fun episodes planned for you all, digging into both rookies, free agency. Um, you know, we're looking ahead, Bobo. Dynasty off seasons in full swing, and mm-hmm. we are all about 2024 at this point. How do you handle the uh, the Colts off season stuff right now? Do you want to see it? Do you care? I'm seeing a lot of Ram stuff, and it's just like, all right, I don't. I'm yeah, kind of past it I would point. only care at this point if we were in the coach or GM search. Okay. And we're not. Yeah. So I don't really care. Yeah. You. This is just kind of, unless you're looking for a new coach or a new GM, this is a quiet time of year. And yeah. then once we get closer to the draft, you know, the combine is really when I start to like pay attention to what are the mock drafts saying for the Colts and stuff like that. Yeah. They're starting to get fun for the Colts. I know. There's lots of different fun places with maybe y'all taking a. Wide receiver? Do you take an edge? Do you take a tight end? I maybe saw Brock Bowers in one yeah, mock. I think that I, was DJ's mock. Yeah, um, the Rams are weird right now because the same defensively. Um, Raheem Morris has had a lot of uh, first and second interviews, and in my opinion, I'm happy to see him go. I think that defense has been it's been okay, but he's a little bit more of that bend don't break mentality, and it's kind of frustrating to watch. You just kind of got to outscore whoever you're playing that week. So. Um, would it be a loss? Probably, but I feel like McVay would probably bring somebody else in. I've heard Brandon Staley's name kind of floated yeah. a little bit, which would be interesting. I could see him in Miami as well. Oh, Big yeah. Fangio out the door That's true. on the way to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, coaching, shakeups, we're going to. It's going to be a busy offseason. Yeah, we'll be talking a lot about that this offseason as well. We've had, I believe, five head coaches hired now. Yep. Uh, uh, we've had Ger- Gerard Mayo mm-hmm. and Antonio Pierce elevated. Um, 
Antonio Smart. Pierce was the interim yeah. in Las Vegas, and Gerard Mayo was kind of the coach in waiting, actually written into his contract mm. what that was, he would be the next head coach. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What That's was, why they didn't have to interview anyone. How many years did Pierce get? I'm know? not sure. Okay. Yeah, I haven't It'd seen be interesting to see yet. the money and the years behind that one. Of course, Jim Harbaugh landed with mm-hmm. the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Titans go with um, Callahan mm-hmm. from the Bengals. Yeah. And then just now, today, the Panthers have hired uh, – Canales or Canale? I haven't seen this. Um, it's the Bucks offensive yep. coordinator. Wow. Yeah. So not bad. Yeah. I mean, some interesting hires for sure. I think it seems like both Callahan and the Bucks offensive coordinator mm-hmm. both are sort of like that high energy mm-hmm. guys yeah. respond really well to them. Mm-hmm. They've obviously have a track record of success. You know, saying that the I'll look up the Bucks guy's name. I know I'm butchering it, but mm-hmm. he revived Baker Mayfield's career yeah. in Tampa Bay this year. He was working with Geno Smith in Seattle, mm-hmm. and then the Bengals have been a top flight offense now. You know, under Joe Burrow. So, did you watch any Good Morning Football this morning? I did not. Uh, I saw Kyle Brandt's tweet about what he was saying about Harbaugh, and I don't really understand. I don't keep up with NCAA stuff honestly, so I don't really know the stuff that's allegedly gone on there with Harbaugh and Michigan and all that kind of stuff. But um, Brant went crazy for Harbaugh, just talking about how he has taken the most, um, you know, misrun, uh, misorganized uh, situations that he's been put in. I guess it was Stanford first, then he went to San Francisco, and then he went to his alma mater in Michigan. Just took teams that had just – you know, one, two, three win seasons and completely turn it around the next year. I think Kyle Brandt basically said that he would put the over-under at like 11 wins next year for the Chargers. I mean, I think he's going to see that 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 team is not going to be very good because they're so hamstrung by the salary cap. They're going to have to make some big cuts. And they're getting older. Yeah. I mean, that team is going to have to strip it down to the studs of Herbert, Derwin, um, you know, the, the tackle there. Uh, uh, Rayshon Slater, yeah, yeah. and that's basically it. I mean, Eckler, Keenan, Mike old. Williams, Joy Bosa, Khalil Mack. I mean, you're Eric Hendricks. I think you're going to see yeah, a lot of big names traded and cut. So I think that's going to be a talent-poor team yeah. in 2024 outside of Herbert and those other pieces we mentioned. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think Harbaugh will build that thing back up the right way. Who are the two steam Two teams still withstanding that haven't hired a head coach yet. So there were nine openings, I think. Okay. So we've still got it was Atlanta. Brian Brian Callahan and Dave Canales uh, right. were the the guys that were hired by the um, Titans and Panthers mm-hmm. respectively. So uh, we've still got some openings. Atlanta is still open. Um, you think that's Belichick? I mean, why has it not been? They've interviewed yet? fourteen people wow. for this job. Wow. So. Um, I don't know. They brought Belichick back in for a second interview. Vrabel's still out there. Yeah. Um, Dan Quinn, Seattle, mm-hmm. is still open. I think I think Dan Quinn will end up being Seattle's head coach, and mm. I think I think it'll end up – it might be Vrabel in Atlanta. It'd be weird to have two Tennessee guys in a row, but I think if it was going to be Belichick, it would already be Belichick, and yeah. from what I'm hearing, it sounds like maybe Arthur Blank wants to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. So – We'll see. The Atlanta job is sort of a question mark in my mind. If at you're this the point. Titans, were you ready to move on from Vrabel? No, uh, Vrabel you was, be happy to see him leave. Vrabel the, was not the problem. I think there was some power struggle issues okay. going on there, and I think you know Vrabel didn't want to tear things down and rebuild around Levis and Rand yeah. Carthon, the GM, was happy to do that. 
And so Amy Strunk was the owner. She said, we've got Will Levis. Yeah. We need to get younger. We need to rebuild. We've got this quarterback. And I think Vrabel, I think that's what they butted heads over. And ultimately that's what got Vrabel fired. As an AFC South uh, contributor there, you got to be happy to see him go. Yes. He's a great, great coach. He was a great coach. I think he'll get one of these jobs. Yeah. Seats are filling up quick, mm-hmm. um, but I think he would make sense in Atlanta. I, I'd be surprised if he didn't land one of these jobs. I was surprised that uh, McCarthy hung on down there in Dallas after the way that they went out and um, that Jerry Jones didn't maybe shake it up and try to bring a guy like Rabel in. They just like to stay in the news and you know stay at the top of the trending. And uh, I don't know. McCarthy had a great year, but, man, the way they went out was pretty nasty. So the other opening is the Washington Commanders. That's right. And That's I would right. say Ben Johnson is okay. going to be the one for that one. That's interesting that um, I wonder if Enemy has – I'm sure he's interviewed for that. Um, he did. You know, with him being the OC there, I kind of thought that that was a gradual uptick from him going from Kansas City to Washington and then maybe for him to be the head coach there. But, you know, some of these teams and organizations have different mind – you know, mindsets than we do. Well, they just hired their GM, of course, new ownership group yeah. uh, with Josh Harris. So I think they want to get a quarterback at the number two overall pick. They want to get this brilliant offensive mind. Mm-hmm. I think Ben Johnson could have probably gotten hired last offseason. I think he'll get this job. Yeah. I think it's the most ap- attractive job Yeah, just because you've got new ownership, not afraid to spend money. You've got a new GM in place. You've got, I think, the most effective cap space in the league and the number two overall pick. Yeah. I mean, and a division that's pretty good, but it's okay. It's, it's, it's decent, but winnable. It's, yeah, it's, it's very much winnable if you get the right coach and quarterback in place. I mean, we saw what happened with the Texans. Yeah. You can do that. NFL draft should be really fun this year. It should indeed. Well, let's talk about buy, sell, hold, kicking it back to the old school days of the Big Three IDP podcast. This has been one of our favorite segments for a long time. And today we are doing a pending free agent edition where we've basically taken some of the top defensive free agents to be. And a lot of these guys will be franchise tagged. They will be re-signed. So they might not hit the open market. But as of right now, there are some juicy names that are pending free agents. And if you'd like to see what that list looks like, go over to theidpshow.com. We just dropped Adam's free agency tracker yesterday. That is free for everyone to view. And uh, it's not rankings. It's just a list of the top defensive guys sorted by points per game. So the rankings will be something similar. And we'll have a rankings article coming out for the free agents later in February. Who's writing that article, Josh? Well, you'll have to wait and find Uh-oh. out, Bobo. You'll have to wait and find out. In the middle of announcements week, we've had a lot of really fun, exciting announcements. Mm-hmm. 2024 is going to be our best year yet. We're recording this here on Thursday. We just announced Jason King from DLF is joining our team. He joins Scott Soltis uh, as a new uh, contributor on the article side. Mm -hmm. And then Steve Falco is the new host of the IDP Trade Show. Mm -hmm. Johnny the Greek is the new host of IDP Bets. Mm -hmm. We've got one more big announcement coming on Friday. One more shockwave. Make sure you're tuned in to Twitter.com or X.com or whatever the hell you call it to uh, (laughs) find that announcement tomorrow around noon central time but let's jump in here Bobo you have graciously put together a trio of players at different positions for us to buy sell or hold so let's kick things off at safety with some big names buy sell hold Antoine Winfield Jr. CJ Gardner Johnson and Kyle Duggar Bobo what say you buy sell hold man this is a tricky one um 
I'm going to sell Antoine Winfield um, just off of the hope that somebody comes and gives me a King's Ransom. Um, I don't know, you know, I think we talked last podcast about um, a couple players who might have been worth a first-round pick. Uh, I think it was Roquan Smith's name was brought up, and then Antoine Winfield was also brought up as well. Um, If you can get a first for him in 2024, 2025, you doing a 2026 first for Antoine Winfield? No, that's too far out. Too far out. You no. rather just hold Winfield. The value of that to you is just, it's not nothing, but yeah. it's minimal. Yeah. Right? It's just so far out in the future that it just, it doesn't even have a lot of, tr- of trade value in terms of like moving up in the 2025 draft yeah. or the 2024 draft. Yeah. I think you can move up with 2025 picks. Yeah. 2026. Um, I would rather just hold on to Winfield. Um, I did a my first little rookie mock with a couple guys um, in the XFL today. And, um, man, the rookie wide receiving class is really, really deep. So if you can trade an Antoine Winfield for a first in 2024, I would absolutely do that. Um, CJ Gardner-Johnson is probably the guy that I am going to buy – um, just because you're coming off a year where he was injured, n- people aren't going to be hip to the fact that his, you know, points per game were influenced by him. Maybe, you know, the, the points per game versus the end of the year, uh, points are going to be two completely different things. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to see not his gonna name show up on the high, top 24 yeah, safety. You sort by points scored. So that's just a smart type of thing. And then Kyle Duggar is the one that I'm probably going to sell, even though Kyle Duggar to me is interesting in dynasty. Now you're freed from the Belichick wings. You get to actually play more than whatever the snap percentage he's played over the last four years there in new England and dealing with Belichick's weird defensive backs, who he's going to start or the McCordys or whatever from one week to the next. Um, um, so I am intrigued by him a little bit, um, but he's not somebody that I'm really holding on to tightly. So you got two cells in there. Do I really? Yes, you were going to sell Winfield and sell Duggar. So okay, you hold one of them boys. Uh, sure, I'll hold Duggar. Okay. I'll hold Duggar. So that, we, that makes more sense. We just flip flop basically because I said I'm holding Winfield. Okay. Now, if you can get a first for him, bye bye. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think you're going to get fair market value for a DB. Um, you know, and Winfield's been great his whole career, yeah. but 17.9 points per game. I don't know how many people want to pay that sticker price. And so I'll just hold him. I, I would rather just hold him if I'm going to get less than what I think he's worth. I agree with you. CJ Gardner Johnson, 12.9 points per game. Uh, big time buy mm-hmm. because he's going to be on a new team more than likely. Um, it, you know, Detroit, not only was he hurt, but we saw a lot of guys relevant in that defensive oh. backfield. Brian Branch. Fetu Malafonwu, mm. right? So I don't know how much there is left on the bone for CJ Gardner Johnson. So mm. I'm excited for him to hopefully get a good deal and a good landing spot. Yeah. But he's my buy. And then, yeah, I think Kyle Duggar is the sell because you have, you know, also question marks with Gerard Mayo, but new hope. Yeah. So. I'm looking at the question marks of, well, what is his, what does his role look like? What if he lands on a new team? I, I, you know, I was listening to the underdog football show yesterday and they mentioned both Winfield and Duggar as almost no brainer franchise tag guys. Mm-hmm. So I think both of them will be back with their current teams, but I'm, I don't know until, until proven otherwise, I kind of assume that Gerard Mayo is just going to be similar to Belichick on the defensive side of things. Yeah. So I think I'd rather sell hope to the other managers in my league, mm-hmm. 
look, this is a guy that had 11.7 points per game, 106 tackles. Mm-hmm. He's got a new defensive coordinator. Belichick's gone. Yeah. And see if you can get something for him. But, yeah, so I'm holding Winfield, buying C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and selling Kyle Duggar. Let's Wh- move. Which of these guys would you like to see stay at their team or leave? I think I'd like to see both Duggar and Winfield stay mm-hmm. and C.J. Gardner-Johnson go that somewhere else. Makes perfect sense. So let's talk linebacker. Very juicy trio here. Levante David, Bobby Wagner, Frankie Louvu, buy, mm. sell, hold, Bobbo, David, Wagner, and Louvu. Yeah. Um, you got to probably sell Levante David. 133 tackles, four and a half sacks. Now, what do the Bucks do in 2024 is a huge question mark. Do they continue to roll out Baker Mayfield and, um, you know, try to franchise tag Mike Evans and then just run it back again to see what they have? I don't know, but Levante David is 34 years old. That's also in um, Adam's list of free agents at the idpshow.com. Their age is in there as well. Um, so Levante David is the one that I'm going to sell kind of for the same thought process as um, Antoine Winfield. I think that both of those guys off of two pretty epic seasons, if you can get a good return for them, I mean, David is a whole lot closer to the end of the, his career than the beginning. Um, I'm going to hold Bobby Wagner just because that's what you do with a guy like Bobby Wagner. He is an Aaron Donald, uh, Luke Keekley, a TJ Watt, a Miles Garrett type of category to me, Max Crosby, uh, Nick Bosa. Uh, you have these guys, you ride them forever. If somebody comes and offers you something stupid, absolutely trade them. But um, Wagner, 183 freaking tackles, three and a half sacks, 15.6 points per game. Um, he's just a guy that when he hangs it up, I'm still happy that he's on my squad. I uh, just eat it and move on. And then Frankie Louvu has the most ambiguous probably situation going into free agency. Um, will another savvy team bring in a guy like Frankie Louvu? I have to feel like 125 tackles, five and a half sacks. Some GMs are going to be intrigued by the numbers. I just don't quite know that the play of Frankie Louvu. Um, moving forward is going to be as good as what we've already seen. So I don't know. He's a skeptical buy. I think you're going to have other managers that are probably going to be ready to sell. So maybe you can get him at a little bit of a discount. I don't know. He's a, he's a gray area for me right now. Yeah. He reminds me a little bit of a Caden Ellis situation where it's a linebacker with some pretty prolific pass rushing upside. So he was my buy as well. 125 tackles, five and a half sacks, 12.3 12.3 points per game. So I'm buying Luvu. I think that he is one of those players that a smart defensive coordinator, GM, head coach is going to scoop up in free agency and, and plug into a situation that allows him to flourish. And then I just flip-flopped. I'm going to sell Wagner and hold Levante David. Mm. I mean, Levante David was so good this oh year. Gosh. I mean, playing some of his best football in his, what, age 34 season? Yep, 34 so, years old. I think he's the guy I'm happy to ride off into the sunset with. Same as Wagner, but for this exercise, I'll sell the guy that um, was just a little lower in points per game. And mm-hmm. I think Levante David, reading the tea leaves, I think he'll be back with the Bucks. I think he'll probably take a team-friendly deal to stay in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to run that thing back. I think they're going to franchise tag either Winfield or Mike Evans, bring back Baker, bring back Levante David, and see if they can win the South again in 2024, which – 
They might. And there were no signs showing that Levante David was um, was regressing in terms of, you know, age at all. He he was amazing this year. But I wanted to pull up Frankie Louvu's PFF numbers. Um, so in 2023, he finished with a 78.5 grade um, overall defensively. He had a 74 uh, grade in run defense. He had a 50 tackling grade, but he also had a 90.1 pass rush grade. So um, all of those were better um, except for the run defense than 2022. So I don't know, man. I think Frankie Louvu could find – I think he's going to make a little bit of money this I think offseason. he is. I think he's going to be one of those kind of under the radar maybe for folks who aren't into IDP. Like, who's this Frankie Louvu yeah. guy? Getting? Only 27 years old. I mean, so – what was Caden Ellis? Caden Ellis is probably a little younger than Luvu when he hit the market last year. And I think I think he got like a three-year, $22 million deal, I'm pretty sure. Caden Ellis is 28. Okay, so they were about the same age. Mm-hmm. So I could see a Caden Ellis-type deal for Frankie Luvu. Um, dude's just a playmaker, a little banged up this past season. Frankie Luvu have a better 2024 than Caden Ellis did. 2023. I think so. I know Caden Ellis was a little bit banged up. He missed some time. Um, but I think Luvu is probably a better player than Caden Ellis. I think so, too. And you've seen way more. I mean, Caden Ellis was paid based off of a half a season, mm-hmm. five games where he just went ham um, and had a ton of sacks. Frankie Luvu has now several years of data mm-hmm. uh, showing that he's a pretty decent linebacker. I agree. Let's move to defensive line and buy, sell, hold. Justin Matabike. Christian Wilkins and Leonard Williams. I'll go first on this one, Bob. Yes, sir. So we are going to sell Justin Matabike just because of the sacks, mm-hmm. right? 13 sacks, 56 tackles, 14.4 points per game. I just could see the sacks regressing yeah. in a big way, coming off of four, you know, 13, his career high by far. Uh, they speculated on the underdog football show. They think he'll be back in Baltimore, mm. um, which would be great. But I think it's just really good when you can cash out on a guy that mm. came from semi-obscurity to finish as the D-tackle two by yeah. big three scoring. So I'm always going to fade this sort of outlier production from guys, especially ones that rely on interceptions or sacks. Um, and then Christian Wilkins is going to be my buy because I think there is a chance that – um, the Dolphins might have to move on from Christian Wilkins. They may not be able to bring this guy back. They're in a little bit of cap hell. Mm-hmm. I think there's been speculation. Do they let Jalen Ramsey go? Uh, maybe one of these edge rushers gets traded. Of course, that's a hard thing to do with both of them on IR <laughs> right now. That's true. But they're going to have to make some moves. They're in a little bit of cap trouble. So Christian Wilkins could be on the way out. And he, if he hits the market... Man will get an outrageous sum of money. And then Leonard Williams is just my whole, just because I don't think you're going to get anything for the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, 62 tackles, five and a half sacks, 9.5 points per game. So nobody's excited about Leonard Williams. I'd rather just hold on to him as like a D tackle two Mm -hmm. bi-week fill-in type of option. Yeah. um, Wow, those are good. Those are really good. I'm probably going to also hold Leonard Williams just because I don't feel like there's a ton of value in trying to buy him or trying to sell him right now. Um, I'm going to flip him just for the sake of argument. Let's sell Christian Wilkins um, maybe off of the same premise of Justin Matabique that – 13 sacks for um, Justin M is pretty awesome. I mean, Adam was talking about it last podcast that, you know, are we going to see another season like that? I don't know. Are we going to see another season with 64 tackles and nine sacks out of uh, Christian Wilkins? 
that's a lot. That's nine sacks is a lot. You know, that um, Vic Fangio defense had Christian Wilkins really busy. Vic Fangio's gone. Now we're going to see a new home for Christian Wilkins. I'm maybe selling off of the same premise that um, that you would Justin M. I think, you, did you just say that you think Baltimore retains? It seems likely. I think, um, man, that would be so fun. I think Justin M. is uh, is prime for a good couple of uh, D-tackle years. I think for, he's going to be solid, yeah. especially if he stays in Baltimore. Yeah. He's just not going to be D-tackle too, probably. So let me tell you, Justin M.'s last uh, – I'm saying Justin M. because Matabique, Matabuque, whatever you want to say. Or Matabukake, if really, you're Johnny yeah, the Greek. Johnny the Greek. We really don't know how to say it. But the pass rush grades are really good. Uh, 75 overall grade um, – a 77 pass rush grade, you know, Justin M, man, 13 sacks sounds like a lot, but would you be surprised at all to look up next year and see that he has nine or 10 sacks? No, I would not. I don't think he's going to regress to like a three, four sack no. year, but I don't know that he's going to put up another 13. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with Quentin Williams, right? It yeah. happens even with really good yeah. interior defensive good linemen. Call. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was down at four or five. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be like two or three. Yeah. Um, but – I mean, 13 is a really high number. I think this could be a peak season out of all these guys. Not only Justin mm-hmm. M. and Wilkins, but also maybe Leonard Williams. Well, here's the thing. If you want to go sell Christian Wilkins, buy Zach Sealer. Yeah. Right? He Good was call. D-tackle three, That's I think, perfect, in our gosh. scoring system. So get the guy who is actually more productive than Christian Williams, who doesn't have the name recognition, probably won't cost you that much. That's true. So let's do edge rushers, Bobo. And did you give your answers? Yes, you did. Didn't I did. You? I did. Okay. So let's do edge rushers. And this is probably the juiciest trio of the bunch because it is just three studs. Now, one had a down season, but two were absolutely in fuego for your teams in 2023. Daniil Hunter, Josh Allen, Brian Burns, mm. buy, sell, hold, Bobo. Hunter, Allen, and Burns. I'm going to shake it up from you just a little bit. Okay. I'm going to sell Daniil Hunter. Uh, 29 years old, 18.9 points per game. He played 78% of the snaps uh, for the defense there in Minnesota. Um, This was probably a peak season, right? I mean, but let's play devil's advocate. You could also say the same for Josh Allen. Um, Oh, yes. 66 tackles, 17 and a half sacks, 17.5 points per game, 76% snaps there for Jacksonville. But – I'm going to defer to the age here. Even though I like Daniil Hunter, he is only a couple years removed from having a pretty serious neck injury. And I know he's been healthy, and that's great. We hope he stays that way. Um, but I'm going to choose to hold on to the younger guy in Josh Allen. I'll sell to Daniil Hunter, and then I'll just hold Brian Burns. I can understand uh, hear your logic behind probably Brian, buying Brian Burns. We talked about that last episode as well. Um, hopefully the new head coaching regime in there gets Brian Burns motivated to some extent to either keep him or um, it's going to be really interesting to see the difference in money between Josh Allen and Brian Burns because I feel like in my opinion as far as like IDP is concerned they're really similar Um, we go to the idpshow.com if you're a paid sub you actually get access to Adam's ranks right now Adam has Brian Burns as the edge 12 He's 25.8 years old, and he has Josh Allen as the edge eight. He's 27 years old. Yeah, so the thing for me, this is just all about really perceived value for Brian Burns. That's Mm -hmm. why he's my buy. Uh, We've talked about this on a couple episodes already, but um, 50 tackles, 8 sacks, 12.4 points per game, 77% of snaps. 
Um, I just think that brighter days are ahead for Brian Burns. I did actually try to go out and get Brian Burns for mm. two 2024 third round picks. Mm. The manager no, in the you. XFL said, no, thank you. How do you so, say it though? He said, I value him a lot higher than I'm that. I'm saying accent wise. Yeah, I can't. I'm not going to try the Boston accent <laughs> to, to make Lauren crash his car off a bridge in disgust. <laughs> um, so that's the thing for me is I don't think, even if you can't get him for this sort of depressed value we've been talking about, mm-hmm. he's going to cost the least out of these three. Let me ask you I this. I think by far. What's the most you would pay for Brian Burns? Um, I think a 2025 second round pick is probably the most I would give. Would you give a 24 second? No. Too much. Because hmm. 24 second, just a little peek into the rookies. Um, you're looking at maybe a verse, maybe a Dallas Turner, maybe a Latu. Um, mm, I don't know. That's just, tricky. Just because there's, I, I believe brighter days are ahead. But I take that belief right up until about mm. the, like if it was a late 2024 sure. second rounder, Consider it. 210 to 212, I I'd you. think about it. Yeah. But that's about where my belief in Brian Burns is kind of rebound mm-hmm. stops. Yeah. I don't want to have to pay more than that to find out if I'm right. Um, now, I will say, Daniil Hunter versus Josh Allen, both these guys, insane production this season. Hunter, 83 tackles, 16 and a half sacks, 18.9 points per game. Josh Allen, 66, 17 and a half, and 17.5. So I think you're looking at potential outlier seasons for both of these guys. Yeah. And so the, for the question for me is, who do we think has the better chance to regress mm-hmm. back to kind of their typical season performance? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably Josh Allen. You're probably right. This was an extreme outlier for Josh Allen. But he has been, I mean, so his first season, 2019, 188 points, 10 and a half sacks. He got hurt in year two, only played eight games, two and a half sacks, uh, 57.75 points. But then the next two seasons, 21 and 22, he scored the exact same number of points. 207, 207, seven and a half sacks in 2021, six sacks in 2022. And then this was 294.3 off the back of 17.5 sacks. So let's go back also and look at Adam's ranks. Josh Allen in 2023, um, what did we just say he had? 15.5, uh, 17.5 points per game. In 2022, 12.4 points per game. In 2021, 13.4 points per game. Let's also look at Brian Burns. Brian Burns in 2023. What did we just say here? 12.4 points per game. Yep. In 2023, 15.4 points per game. And then 2021, 12 points per game. So I'm probably with you. I think that Allen regresses to the mean a little bit off of 17.5 points per game, probably down to that 14, 15 points per game category. But I think we also see a bump for Brian Burns back into that 15 points per game. I think so. I would expect him to settle north of like 13.5 points per game. Flirting with 14 to 15 points per game. My rationale for selling Allen is I think both Daniil Hunter and Josh Allen will regress. Yeah. Closer to like that, you know, I mean, almost 19 points a game and 17 and a half points per game. There's, they're probably going to go down the Mm -hmm. most likely scenario. So I think I can sell Allen for a little more Mm -hmm. because he's younger, right? Mm -hmm. If he hits free agency, he's going to get a bag. So 
I think I can fetch a heftier price for two guys that I see pretty similar. Now, if you want to flip that logic and say, well, I'd rather just hold Josh Allen and sell Daniil Hunter because Josh Allen's younger, I get that too. This is a coin flip for me on these two. Where, uh, Which of these guys or where? I know we're going to do a separate episode talking about this, but any juicy spots just because these are the juicy guys you want to see these guys go? I don't think there's any chance that Josh Allen makes it out of Jacksonville. Really? Yes, there's no chance. Mm. I think he will be there. The decision they have to make is on Calvin Ridley. Because yeah. if they let him go, if they re-sign Calvin Ridley, they now owe the Falcons a second-round pick as opposed to a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. If you use the franchise tag on them to keep your second instead of you know sending that second, yeah. now you can't franchise tag Josh Allen and he walks out the door. Mm-hmm. I think that would be organizational malpractice. So mm-hmm. I just don't see a world in which Josh Allen is not on this team. Mm-hmm. And then Daniil Hunter, I mean, pick any of the yeah. edge rusher needy teams. What if? Atlanta Falcons yeah. come and get this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, any of those uh, Washington commanders, they're going to have a ton of cap space. Uh, Chicago Bears. Yeah. I yeah. mean, pair him up with uh, Montez Sweat. That'd yeah. be a hell of a lot of fun. Gosh, absolutely. But I'd love to see him back in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, especially for Dynasty, mm-hmm. um, continuity is good. Right, unless the situation was like a Bryce Huff situation, where this guy's just not going to get his opportunity, or a Bobby Okereke situation, this guy's not going to have a chance to flourish. Yeah, he needs to go somewhere else to get that number one Batman instead of a Robin opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, Daniil Hunter is the guy along this defensive line. I'd like to see him come back. Sounds like they're going to keep the coaching staff the same with Brian Flores there. So, I think keep him in Minnesota. Yeah. A lot of moving parts this offseason for Minnesota. Yeah. We will do a free agency preview episode later in the offseason uh, talking about ideal landing spots as well. And then we'll recap all of the landing spots once the legal tampering period starts on March 11th. And then free agency officially opens on the 13th. Moving on to cornerbacks, Bobo. Mm-hmm. We have Legereus Sneed. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, <laughs> not Kristen, not Christian Nixon, uh, or Kristen Nixon. I think we went to school with her and uh, Kenny Moore. So buy, sell, hold, Sneed, Nixon, and more. Bobo, man, sounds like a law firm. Yeah, law firm. Um, gosh, just because of my love for G- Legarius Sneed, I know this is going to be tough. Um, I'm probably with you here, Josh. I'm just going to hold Legereus Need. I don't really know that anybody is going to come and buy him right now just because there's kind of that new hotness in Kansas City with Trent McDuffie. Does Kansas City even retain this guy? They have the ability to. I don't exactly know what Kansas City's cap looks like, and I think they have way more needs. They have a lot of expiring contracts. Uh, Maybe they'll have the room then. Um, I saw where they Brad uh, Brad Spielberger of Over the Cap is projecting Chris Jones at I think uh, four years, one hundred and twenty million dollars, oh so thirty million dollars a year in terms. And Brad is bang on with those projections, wow. so I would fully expect Chris Jones to get thirty million per year. Golly! So I don't know that they're going to be able yeah. to keep Snead as much as they should. Yeah, that's that's. A, I didn't realize that that number was going to be quite as high for unless Chris Jones. you let Chris Jones walk and. Just I mean, try to go get some defensive interior guys. Chris Jones is but in he's here. He's such a prolific pass rusher. He's one of one in that regard, I think. Let's talk about him real quick. 30 tackles on the season, 10 and a half sacks, 29.6 years old, and 12.8 points per game. He's always been super up and down. Oh, yeah. Boom bust for IDP. But, yeah. I mean, we saw him generate the pressure mm-hmm. that caused Josh Allen to yeah. miss that throw in the end zone mm-hmm. in the divisional round. So, 
that's what you pay that guy for. It's interesting too, like a, a team that comes for a guy like Chris Jones. Um, you got to be kind of in a window to really need a Chris Jones, you know. And maybe Chris Jones goes and just gets a bag from Washington because I think they could, throw him a ton of money. I think uh, Chicago makes a ton of sense. But it it's going to be could interesting to see his money versus like the other D tackles we mm-hmm. talked about. He'll get Justin the most. M. And I, I know he will, but it almost makes sense for me more in terms of like a GM position to go and grab one of these other guys who mm-hmm. might be a little bit of a discount and are a couple years younger. It seems to me as much as this contract has turned into another disaster. Yeah. with Buffalo and Von Miller, yeah. it seems like to me, is there a championship contender out there that has some serious cap space, feels like we are one big splash move away on defense from pushing for a Super Bowl? That's a team that I think could make sense for Chris Jones. And Chris Jones was very influential to that Kansas City line this year. Call office was okay, FAU, whatever, but you could tell Chris Jones was really, I don't know where he was as, uh, as far as like total pressures on the year, but he was awesome. Anyways, let's get back to yes. um, sell LeJarius Sneed um, just because maybe you've seen the best as far as points per game. Still think he's a talented player, um, but maybe him as a Kansas City Chiefs was the best you're going to see. I'm going to hold Keyson Nixon. I'm going to maybe hope that – the Green Bay Packers, I don't think that Nixon is going to really ask for a ton. I could see this maybe being more of like a team-friendly type of deal. And I love the punt and kick return. He had 95 punt return yards and 782 kick return yards. He averaged 13 points per game in Big 3 scoring. Took one and to it, the house against the Niners, didn't he? Dude, I mean, and he he won some games there for the Packers. And not only that, but I think we talked about late last offseason that, oh my gosh, what happens if a Marcus Jones or a Keyson Nixon starts playing more defense? And you're seeing that here with Nixon. Uh, Marcus Jones has fell off the face of the earth. I don't he know did. what he's doing. Um, so so I'm going to buy Nixon, and then I'm just going to hold Kenny Moore. I think Kenny Moore, we can hear more from the, uh, the, the Colts aficionado over here as far as whether you think you, you can retain him or not. Uh, but 93 tackles and a half sack is a pretty pretty stellar year there for a corner. Yeah, I'm going to buy Kenny Moore just okay. because I think public perception may still be a little bit down on Kenny Moore uh, just because he had the bad season two years ago. People thought he was just you know a product of that system or whatever or – Uh, Just a flash in the pan, but he obviously came back with a vengeance here, 12.9 points per game. And I do think we'll bring him back. We've got a a few guys, uh, Braden Smith, we've got Grover Stewart, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman. So I I think personally we'll bring back Smith, Stewart, and Kenny Moore. I think we'll let Blackman walk probably and because there's going to be some safeties available. And so I'd rather us just go plug. And if you want to let Stewart go, I'm not letting a starting caliber tackle go in Braden Smith. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, a really good slot corner like Kenny Moore, team leader, sort of face of the franchise a little bit on defense, you know. I I would prefer to keep that guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to buy Kenny Moore just because I think he'll be back in Indianapolis playing that same role in the Gus Bradley defense. I'm going to sell Keyshawn Nixon just because if he does land somewhere else, and even if he stays in Green Bay, so much of his production and points come from the fact that he has kick and punt return. Yeah, And I just think that is a little tricky year to year to bank on that. We saw that with Marcus Jones, yeah. right? So I think Nixon has a little stronger grip on that than Marcus Jones did in New England, mm-hmm. but it just makes me nervous to bank on kick and punt return yards. And then Legereus Sneed, I'm just going to hold him. Yeah, I'm just going to hold him because I think wherever he ends up, and hopefully it's Kansas City, I think he's going to be one of the better slot corners. Mm-hmm. And as we know, Bobo, you want those slot defenders because they're closer to the line of scrimmage. They get more tackles. I mean, look at all of these guys north of 70 tackles. 
Kenny Moore, 93 tackles. That's pretty good. Yep. I don't know that it gets any better for him. But I'm, I'm with you. If the Colts retain him, uh, Kenny Moore still real appealing for Dynasty. Yeah, I have no reason to fade Kenny Moore mm-hmm. if he's back in Indianapolis. So let's talk safeties, though, and this is a juicy bunch as well. Cameron Curl, Buda Baker, Jeremy Chin, buy, sell, hold. I'll kick us off on this one, Bobo. Yes, so I'm going to sell Cameron Curl, 84 tackles, one sack, 11.4 points per game. I think he did just enough yeah. to satisfy the Cameron Curl believers out there uh, who think this guy is an elite DB option for IDP. I think he's solid. I think he's somewhere in that top 24 mix for safeties in IDP. Uh, but I think if there's still excitement and buzz and enthusiasm in your league or you know in IDP in general for a guy that is just the production is a little bit below the buzz, I'm always happy to cash out on those guys. And like I said, curl is fine, but we can find 11.4 yeah. points per game. So I'm going to sell Cam Curl. I'm going to hold Buda Baker just because – what are you going to get for Buda Baker at this sure. point? And I do think 9.1 points per game, 87 tackles, sort of like, well, we'll talk about the real Brian Burns comp here from the same team in just a second. Mm-hmm. But I think brighter days are ahead for Buda Baker. I think he's going to land. I would love to see him land on one of these teams that's actually pushing for a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Rather than just toiling away in Atlanta. Yeah. I would love to see him land somewhere that's going to need some safety help and revive his career and revive his IDP dominance. Mm-hmm. And then I'll buy Jeremy Chin. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- 28 tackles, one sack, 4.1 points per game. Just the physical specimen. We saw flashes of it. And just an awful situation in Carolina. The both regimes did not want this guy, did not know how to use this guy. So I'll go throw out a fifth round pick to see if Jeremy Chin lands in a situation where it could be a arrow up for this offseason. So yeah, bye Jeremy Chin. Uh, Jeremy Chin over the last couple of years, yes, 4.1 points per game this year, but also missed a whole lot of time. Uh, in 2022, averaged 10.6 points per game, and then in 2021, 11.6 points per game. Um, in 2020, he averaged 13.5 points per game. That goes back to his rookie year there in Carolina and what the peaks of Jeremy Chin can look like. And uh, 2020 was pretty special. I don't exactly know what has happened in order for Jeremy Chin to really lose value quite like this. Um, I'll hold Jeremy Chin. Um, Six foot three, 220 pounds. Jeremy Chin. Gosh. And yeah, the point totals, 201 his rookie year, 185, 115, 49. Man, he was just a baller in 2022. So you can't, you mean in uh, 2020? 2020, yes. Yeah. Sorry. So it's, you can't get any lower. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think, it, and if if you pay a fifth and he who washes cares? out of the league in a, a year or two, fifth. who cares? What's the odds You've of hitting got, on your fifth? I think you have a better chance of hitting on Jeremy Chin rebounding yep. than you do on hitting on a fifth round rookie. Yep. So if you got a manager who maybe spent all their picks and wants to get in on the rookie draft action and they have Jeremy Chin, see if you can flip him a fifth to get that guy. Absolutely. I'm going to hold Jeremy Chin. I'll buy Buda Baker um, just because I I agree with um, what you think as well, Josh, that a team is going to bring in a Buda Baker just like a Philadelphia is going to bring in a Kevin Byard, just like Detroit brought in uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson for a year. They didn't really anticipate him getting hurt, obviously. Um, but I think a good organization, a smart organization that's 
um, trying to win a championship, a team like a Kansas City, a team yeah, like, I see that. Um, you know, um, I don't want to say Philadelphia, what but happens somebody in, similar. What happens in Buffalo? Yeah, if, exactly. Hyde and Poyer, do those guys stick around? Both I mean, very old. They've got Taylor Rapp still there, but I agree. That would work also. San Francisco, I mean, Green yeah, Bay. There's lots. Right? I mean, there could be a lot of good fits for Buda Baker. Um. Ooh, Dallas would be fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're. Ah, they've got. They're bringing got back two of the guys. I think Malik Hooker maybe is a free agent. One of those three is a free agent. I think Wilson and Curse are the ones staying. Then I think you're right. Hooker is leaving. Um, but yeah, Cam Curl. Meh. I mean, the hype was so high for Cam Curl this year, and it's still high. Um, probably not not quite what it was preseason, but yeah, the sell here is Cameron Curl. Uh, Eighty four tackles, one sack, eleven point four points per game. I'm just. He's fine, exactly like what you're saying, Josh. Even with the the fluidity that is this safety market from one year to the next in IDP, he's somewhere in that one to twenty four. I think he's closer to like that twelve to twenty four than he is like a, you know, he's not in the froth. He's 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 just okay. He's uh, he actually had a better season his rookie year. Oh wow! High big three scoring, one hundred seventy eight points in 2020, mm. 145 in 2021, 115 in 2022, and 170. And he played a lot this year. Derek Forrest got hurt pretty early on. Um, I'm not yeah. sure who the other safety was Yeah, there. we should mention he only played 16 games, mm-hmm. uh, 16 games his entire career except for 2022 when he only played 12 games. I gotcha. So 115 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. So, again, this that's solid. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy to sell if the excitement and buzz still exceeds the production. Agree. So let's move to linebacker. And this was probably the hardest one for me to suss out here, Bobo. You did a good job putting mm. these together. Let's talk about buy, sell, hold. Devin White, Willie Gay Jr., and Isaiah Simmons. I'm going to let you go first because one of your favorite players is on this list. Okay. let's. Um, Isaiah Simmons' value is so low right now that he has to be the, the let's say, buy. Just because, I mean, a fifth probably gets you Isaiah Simmons at this point. And we talked about it on the last episode that what would have happened if Isaiah Simmons had stayed in Arizona and he had played 90% of the snaps. He would have averaged a whole lot more than 6.3 points per game. And then going into this offseason, the outlook for a team bringing in the seventh pick in the 2020 NFL draft would be a whole lot more. There would be way more GMs paying attention to this guy. But I think that this is the floor for Isaiah Simmons. It's probably this is as bad as it gets. There were just people there in front of him. There were some pretty decent linebackers, and there were some pretty decent safeties. I think he played the whole season there for uh, Wink Martindale, and that's uh, he just didn't play a whole lot. I need to look and actually see what his snap count was on the year, but it had to have been pretty low. But anyway, so we buy Isaiah Simmons. I think we sell Willie Gay. Um, I think we sell Willie Gay with the hype that you know, like a Bobby O'Karake, like one of these guys in the last year or two, Caden Ellis, that his next landing spot is where he's going to really, really take a step. But, I mean, even on what he did this year in Kansas City, which I know he was a little bit injured, but 58 tackles, 8 points per game. I mean, exactly like what you were saying about Cam Curl, we can find 8 points per game. That's nothing. Um, And then I think you hold Devin White. I think of the two guys right there, most people would tell you to go get Willie Gay instead of getting Devin White, but let's let's do what others aren't doing right now. Maybe we've seen the worst of Devin White. Exactly like what you were saying a minute ago with Jeremy Chin, we saw what 2020 looked like 
was it 2020 or 2019 for Devin White? I think it was 19. It was electric. I mean, he had 11 sacks that year. I don't know how many points per game he averaged in 2019. I don't know if Adam's stats uh, go <laughs> back that far. I uh, feel better, Addy. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we maybe just flip the model on its lid a little bit, and while people are selling Devin White, maybe we, maybe we acquire him. Yeah, so I'm going to sell Devin White. Okay. Um, just because I'm worried that the – in may be coming for him faster than we realize. I'm worried this may be a Jalen Smith, Deion Jones. Bad I know player. he's I know he's younger, um, but you know it just the bottom can fall out quick when guys are not good. And so, yes, I think it, he is a buy overall for me. But in this exercise, stacked up against these three guys, I would rather buy Willie Gay mm-hmm. because I think Willie Gay. Um, has maybe I don't want to say he's a like a better player or has demonstrated more in the league because I think for as bad as Devin White has played recently, he has put more on tape than Willie Gay overall collectively in their careers. But I think that Willie Gay will have a friendlier market. I've called him like a you know the Bobby O'Carrake light in terms of what mm. I think he could get this off season. I, I want to look up and see what uh, Brad Spielberger has him projected for. Well, let me tell you this too: uh, Willie Gay points per game in 2022 was actually 14.7 points per game. Um, I don't know how many games Willie Gay played this year. I know he missed quite a bit of time. Um, and there was the weirdness that is Drew Tranquil and yep. Leo Chanel, and Tranquil is going to be gone, and and you know now Willie Gay will be able to probably be. Uh, an LB1 on a team, or does a team bring him in to be kind of a Dre Greenlaw? I don't know. That's that's yet to be seen. Um, but I agree with your logic there behind uh, Devin White, behind Willie Gay. Yeah, so I've always been a Willie Gay fan. I think he just hasn't gotten a chance mm-hmm. uh, to really shine there. And you could say, well, it's because he's not that good of a player that he had. The cream has not risen to the top. But I think there have been examples of guys that have gone out of the shadow of better players and played really well elsewhere. So that's kind of what I'm banking on. I'm not looking at this as like, I'm going to go pay a second for yeah. Willie Gay. If I could get him for a fourth, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. I'm not going to pay a third probably. He's 26 years old. Yeah, he's still young. Yeah. I think he's a good player. I think he's got pass rush upside. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, and then I'll just hold Isaiah Simmons because – I don't want to buy him because you said he's at the floor. I'm worried that floor might have a basement beneath it. Sure. Right? And But I do think, much like Jeremy Chin, these are hyper freak athletes who have been miscast and misused. My only concern with Chin, or with uh, Isaiah Simmons compared to Chin is that Chin has been moved around, like deep safety, slot yeah. corner, strong safety, in the box, but he's always played safety. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't know, is Isaiah Simmons a safety? Is he a slot corner? Is he a deep safety? Is he a linebacker? Should be playing basketball. I don't – so I just – the fact that we have seen two staffs now, three yeah. staffs now, mm-hmm. not know how to use Isaiah Simmons is what worries me uh, comparatively. But if you want to take a shot, it's never a bad idea to bet on athleticism mm-hmm. in a sport where – that is often a differentiator mm-hmm. of like the upper, upper crust of the NFL is often the freakiest athletes. There's got to be that GM and that organization out there that says, I can fix Isaiah Simmons. I can make Isaiah Simmons 4-3-9-40 speed work for our team. Um, whether that translates to IDP points or not, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, I wanted to pull up Devin White's 2023 PFF numbers. So 
pass rush pass rush grade of 64, tackling grade of 76, but 30 grade in run defense and a 40 overall defensive grade. Um, that's pretty poo-poo. And they're all red. I mean, 2019, all of these are his overall defensive grade, 51, 43, 36, 45, 46. This is Devin White? Yes. Yeah. He's just not that good. Yeah. And I worry that with how he's handled this year, like what is he going to get? So I'm looking at Brad Spielberger's uh, projection for Willie Gay. One year, $3.75 million. So like a David Long, Aziz Alshair, one-year prove-it deal. Mm -hmm. Let's see what he has White projected for. I I bet you it's not a lot. One year, $7 million. Mm. So prove-it deal as well. Again, just getting more money because he's put a little more on tape than Willie Gay. You have Simmons. Let's look at Simmons. Uh, let's see here. Simmons. It's hard to believe that Simmons' second contract, he's probably going to make less than he did on his rookie deal. He doesn't even have him in there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, I don't know. What about you? Did you say David Long mm-hmm. for Willie Gay? Yeah. You think that's about the same of maybe Isaiah Simmons? Um, I could see. Uh, I think it'll be a similar contract. I think if a team wants to take a chance on an Isaiah Simmons, mm-hmm. it'll be one year's two to three million. Put him somewhere. Where's Devin White going? Boy, that is a great question. Um, you have I landing mean, spots for any of these guys? I haven't really thought through it yet, but there are like linebacker needy teams, right? Like the the Eagles come to mind, mm-hmm. right? The Cowboys come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Washington, Oakland or Las Vegas. I the mean, Rams. The Rams. I could see. I could see Las Vegas. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. uh, you got Big Bob Spillane there, Divine Diablo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it'll be who who are the dumb teams, right? Yeah. Who are the teams cuz I don't I don't see like smart organizations like I can't see the Eagles bringing in Devin White. Yeah, look what Chicago did last year. Yeah. Uh look who what the Atlanta brought in, you know. Paid a lot of money. Uh Isaiah Simmons, please come to the Rams. I would love that. There you go. Can't that would be you you would have to get an Isaiah Simmons yeah, jersey if that happens. So, let's wrap up here with some more edge rushers and uh this is an intriguing trio, not as juicy as the other one, but some fun names here to toss around. Buy, sell, hold. Bryce Huff, Marcus Davenport, and Jonathan Grenard. Bob, I'll let you kick us off because I know you're a big Grenard fan. Yeah, I am. So Bryce Huff really was on the up and up there towards the end of the season. 28 tackles, 10 sacks on the season, 9.6 points per game. He played 42% of the snaps in 2023, which had to have been pretty influential towards later on the season is when he started getting a whole lot more playing time. Um, So Bryce Huff, let's just hold him. Um, If you've got a dum-dum who doesn't know what they have, then maybe it's worth, maybe it's worth the buy. I just, I see Bryce Huff much like I see someone who has a collage of You don't think they're going to be hip to Bryce Huff? I think, I think there's going to be some people that are dum-dums. There's going to be two out of 10 maybe, but I think like eight of those 10 people that are rostering Bryce Huff right now, they probably know what they have. You think so? Yeah. I mean, maybe not, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. it, It just... It's it's a good litmus test of who knows ball if they're holding to Bryce Huff. Yeah. I will say he is the 18th ranked free agent by PFF, and mm-hmm. Brad thinks he is getting three years, $50 million. Good golly. 16.67 per year with $35 million guaranteed. Hey, I mean, I love Big it. Big time buy. I've said all along, I think he's this year's Uchenna Nuosu. So mm. if you can get him, now I'm not going to go pay a second for him. I Sort of like the uh, Brian Burns deal. I'll go pay a couple thirds for Bryce Huff. Yeah. Sure. Why would you not? Um, so, yeah, he is my buy as well. Um, Marcus did, Davenport is my sale. Yeah, me too. Just uninterested. I'm not interested. 8.1 points per game. Yeah. 
Um, I know he was banged up most of the season. Bryce Huff is 25 years old. He's he's smacking his prime, dude. Yep. I mean, this is the next big thing. And I think most of fantasy football kind of uh, players in the community and IDP managers are getting a hip to Bryce Huff, mm-hmm. but see if you can catch that tail end of the wave that hasn't caught on yet. That's a good call. To the fact that this guy is about to blow up. So then we're going to sw- uh, flop here. I'm going to buy Jonathan Grenard, and you're going to yeah, hold him. I'm just going to hold him. Yep. I think he's an ascending player. Um, I heard on the underdog football show and go check that out folks. If yeah. you haven't yet, uh, Josh and Hayden talk through these rankings, the top 10 at every position, including defense. And mm-hmm. they mentioned that Jonathan Grenard, I think it was a metric that looked at maybe pressures, QB hits and sacks, or maybe TFLs, QB hits and sacks. It was some cumulative measure mm-hmm. and Jonathan Grenard this season had more than his past seasons combined. Wow. So, that's the D'Amico Ryan's yeah. effect. I don't think with the amount of money that Houston has, they're letting this guy get out the door. Yeah. Um, I think that Jonathan Grenard is an ascending player, and I am more than happy to hold him. I think that that's the reason he's a hold or a buy, just because I think that, like you're saying, he stays there in Houston. Because Of all these guys. He was, I think, the better option. I mean, 15.6 points per game. He yeah. was clearly the better player for IDP than Will Anderson this season. But in Dynasty, everyone's going to be hornier for Will Anderson mm-hmm. and not going to want to give you the same kind of price for Jonathan Grenard, yeah. although I think they should. And Bryce Huff is not really needed for the Jets. They have a lot of young, you know, Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. They have Will uh, McDonald. Uh, Nolan Smith also coming up. Um, so well, that's they, Philadelphia. Uh, that's right. Yes. When, who did you say? Will McDonald. That's right. Yeah, that's right. got Will McDonald right. and Jermaine Johnson, I think, will be the two guys there. Um uh, Michael think, Clemens. They'll have Clemens. I think they'll cut Carl Lawson loose. Okay. Uh, I think they'll. I Time think they'll end up cutting him, and then yeah, they'll let Bryce Huff walk as well. It's still a fun defensive line, but um, yeah, Bryce Huff's probably going to get a bag, and then Jonathan Grenard maybe stays at home. I don't know who will bring in Marcus Davenport. I'm I, neither of us are interested, so I don't really care where he goes. Yeah, it's not. He's just one of those guys. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, you know, we've seen it. We keep. This is the year. This is the mm-hmm. team, and mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. I agree. And I watch it'll happen. It'll be him and Joey Bosa, and Adam will have both. <laughs> Get better soon, Addy. We miss you, baby. So hopefully, y'all yeah. enjoyed this episode. Uh, coming up after the break, we are going to have Johnny the Greek with Scott Bogman doing conference championship idp bets if you're watching on youtube the link will be in the description for that video but babo buy sell hold always a fun exercise if you're watching this on youtube uh drop your picks in the comments who would you like to buy sell or hold of any of these groupings um and this was fun we'll talk about rookies next week i know you and addy are digging in but uh before we get into the rookie talk this felt like a nice little kind of dip of our toe into the free agent waters i'm buying me i'm selling adam i'm holding you thank you let's hold each other as we wrap up this episode but y'all enjoy the football this weekend we've got two awesome games coming up chiefs ravens and 49ers lions so savor it folks we've only got three games left i'm not counting the pro bowl and you shouldn't either (laughs) uh so enjoy it we will be back like we said, next week talking about a rookie primer. And Jeff will be back as well talking about IDP Madness draft strategies. Who wins this weekend? I think Ravens and Lions. Yep, let's go. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't want another Chiefs 49ers rematch. I'm with you. Let's go. That's enough, uh, Taylor. Let's go with Ravens Lions. I think that'd be so much fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. So enjoy it, folks. We'll be back next week. But until then, y'all take care and we'll see you soon. Ooh.
Welcome back to IDP Bets. My name is Johnny the Greek. This week I am joined with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Scott Bogman. Scott, I totally forgot to write your Twitter down. You're going to have to yell that out in a second, but he is the co-host of the InThisLeague.com podcast series, which covers the NFL and baseball. He's a contributor to Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Scott, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. That would be at Bogman Sports. Uh, just the most boring put my last name and put sports on it, you know, very lame, but, uh, there you go. That's my, my Twitter handle. So good stuff, man. Glad to have you this week. We got the, uh, NFC and AFC title games to talk about. Uh, Adam has the Rona. So, uh, we wish him well, we hope he feels better, but he won't be joining us tonight, but, uh, let's start with Mr. Bogman. What do you got for your first bet this week? What looks good to you? Yeah, I mean, I like Marcus Williams over five and a half tackles for a couple reasons. Number one, I just imagine 150 passes going to Travis Kelsey deep over the middle, right? So I think Marcus Williams will be back there to at least get in and assist on some of those tackles. So five and a half, I think, is a, a decent number. It's probably a little bit above what he averaged this year, but it's also paying a little bit. The juice at plus 120. So I kind of like that one. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the the Marcus Williams one and the Kyle Hamilton one, trying to figure out who would get more Kelsey. And uh, yeah, if it's Marcus Williams, that's that's the place to go, I think. Yeah, Hamilton is a good one too, but I think his was not the best juice. It was, yeah, it's five and a half, so it's a tackle more. Or I guess it's the same, but the juice is minus 115. So. Mm. Yep. Maybe, maybe that one's decent too, because he plays up in the run game. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was nice to see Kelsey back looking like himself last week. It makes me feel better about what kind of offense we're going to see out of the chiefs this week. A little bit on the road too. look at that road games. The chiefs can do it all first playoff road game for Patrick Mahomes. That was people are making a bigger deal about that than they were Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift finally. So there you go. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. That's, that's a good start right there. And, and I'm just going to preface all this with a couple things. We only have two games this week, right? So choices are limited. Uh, you know, normally we like to have a lot more options so we can identify the value. We're kind of forced into a corner this week. And so I don't forget to say this later. Uh, these are all only suggestions. Please gamble within your means and set a limit for help with problem gambling. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All righty. My first one this week is Justin Matabukaki over two and a half combined tackles. The juice does stink at minus 130, but he's done this three of the last four games. Uh, he's up against the Chiefs rushing attack that in the last two games has averaged 29 attempts per game and 146 yards per game. I think that's a great floor of rushing attempts right there. And uh, Matabuke has been just excellent all season with the sacks, with the combined tackles. This is not a huge line. I, I think him getting three tackles in this type of game and likely game script is uh, a good bet. Yeah, I mean, I thought coming out of college that he was going to be way more of like a space clogger, but he has uh, really turned his game up and all the sacks this year. I'm going to have him for a sack in this game. I'll just go ahead and throw that out now. That's uh, It's paying plus 124. A guy had over 10 this season, so... You know, Mahomes moves pretty well, but if that pocket collapses, Matabique is the first guy there usually. So uh, I'll go with him for a sack as well. Yeah, he he had some amazing consistency with the sacks this year too. Wasn't there like a, a period of time where he, he had one every week for like over two months, I think it was? Yeah, because I was in um, 
<clears throat> deathmatch, and I had him on my roster, and I kept not starting him like a dumbass. So I was like, <laughs> well, he's not going to get another one. And let's see, it was against Tennessee. Wow, look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven weeks in a row. He had at least half a sack. Wow, That's crazy for an interior guy. It's nuts. Yeah, that's Aaron yeah. Donald number. Right, right. For an edge guy, that'd be wild. For an interior guy, <laughs> that's just unbelievable. Nuts. Yeah, good stuff there. All right, yeah, we we both like uh, Mr. Meta Meta Buike. Really hard <laughs> saying that name correctly. Uh, the uh, we like him a lot. Funnier. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Moving on to my second one here. Um, so, yeah, not not super excited about this, but once again, limited options this week. I, I'm going to go Fred Warner over seven and a half combined tackles. Uh, bad juice at minus 150, but, you know, maybe parlay around Robin some of these to up that a little bit. Uh, so he's up against the Lions in their fifth overall rushing attack, 136 yards per game, 29 attempts per game. I think that's a good floor to get some easy run-stopping tackles right there. Uh, however, th there's a version of this game where San Francisco dominates so completely that Detroit does not produce enough offense for this to happen or Dre Greenlaw's line to happen. That is a legit possibility. Uh, so while I am making this bet, I don't feel great about it. What, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that anytime you take one of those middle linebackers, that's a tackle machine, a Roquan you know, uh, I, I think that you can expect to, to get to a high total, but I personally, for me, I stayed away from that one because of exactly what you said. There is, there is a way where we see the Niners just dominate time of possession. They didn't play their best game last week and they still won, which is just crazy to think they weren't even clicking on all cylinders and they still beat a very good green Bay team. They were at home. It was rainy. So there's a little weirdness, but uh, I don't think that this game is going to be like that. I don't think they're going to win barely. I either think they're going to win going away in a route, or I think it's going to be down to the wire, last second field goal type of game, which I kind of expected more to be. So I feel okay about the Fred Warner total, but I went with Nick Bolton because uh, I took one of those guys who actually took Anzalone too. So I'll do two for one here, but <laughs> I mean, but just talking about those guys, those middle linebackers that are ones, they are going to be on the field for 100% of the play. Those are the guys you rely on. What was the juice? Do you know on Fred Warner? Uh, yeah. Warner is minus 150. Greenlaw is minus 145. Yeah. So Bolton is plus 110. His total is mm. nine and a half. He has gone over that three games in a row. And I'm talking about on DK. I didn't look at FanDuel. So I didn't really compare, but his juice was plus. It was plus one ten, and for Anzalone, it was it was minus one thirty. So it was in that same range. But I think out of all four of these teams, if you're putting one on the field for thirty five plus minutes, it would be Detroit. So that's why I had Anzalone. His uh, total is lower at seven and a half as well. So that's why I went with those two guys instead of taking the Fred Warner bet. But betting on Fred Warner is never a mistake. I'll just say that. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you on that. If, if this is either a close game that I think the the football gods allow Detroit to win and give us at least half a decent Super Bowl, uh, or or it's a bloodbath. And I'm the later this week goes, the more I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Unfortunately, it's going to be 75 and sunny. It was rainy and disgusting last week. Debo was limited today, so he's uh, he's trending to play. They're going to have all their weapons. Um, 
I think the I nice know, part man. about that, though, the the nice weather is you don't want bad weather for Jared Goff, as my buddy Joe Pizapia likes right. to talk about him, right. indoor cat. So yeah. uh, not an outdoor cat. So let's get that nice, sunshiny, warm weather. He's a California boy. He went to Cal. So uh, he he should enjoy that. So uh, let's let's make it a good game. Uh, some of those games last week were crazy. It's going to be hard to beat them, but... This is the week for years and years and years. This was the week to watch the games. The Super Bowl was always a blowout. And the AFC and NFC championship games were so much more entertaining. So hopefully we that that trend uh, picks back up here. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, before we get into the next one here, who, who would you like to see? Just just to go on record, what's your uh, ideal Super Bowl this year? My As a Steeler fan, my ideal Super Bowl is not Baltimore. So uh, just... Uh, Kansas city. I know people are tired of Kansas city. They want to see Baltimore. I don't, uh, let's go chiefs. I'm a big chiefs fan this week. And how can you not root for the lions? I mean, Detroit's been rough, you know? Uh, so sure they had the red wings, but the red wings have been miserable for a decade now. So, uh, let, let's get them. I mean, they just had Michigan, but you know, sometimes good things come in pairs here. So, uh, let's go, let's go lions that I would love to see them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you on that. Nicest fan base uh, I've ever been to a game at, uh, too. Very nice, nice. people. Um, you know, and, and, and I live around New York, so I've seen that end. <laughs> I, like, I like playful banter with opposing teams, you know, that come in and stuff. But the fist fighting and stuff, like, I mean, shouldn't we all be fighting hockey fans or something? We all love the same sport. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me, so. But I'm yeah, not well, usually as liquored up as most of the fans are. So yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, no, I I could live with that as long as Detroit got there. I, I'd be okay with a rematch. That week one game was pretty good. So uh, yeah. you know, see that again. Uh, all righty. I also took uh, Dre Greenlaw here this week, and, and I'm just gonna say it. I feel like one of these two guys will get over seven and a half combined tackles, Greenlaw or Warner. I don't think it'll be both. Um, Greenlaw's got a slightly better price at minus 145. Yep, he, he still has to get over seven and a half combined. I've got the same reasoning as Fred. Uh, the Lions rushing attack should provide a good floor. I just don't think it's going to provide enough of a floor for both of these guys to get over uh, seven and a half here. Yeah, I, look, Greenlaw, Greenlaw has been playing his ass off recently, too. He has been insane. He's always good for a 15-yarder which is uh, aggravating, yes. I'm sure, as a Niners <laughs> fan. Like, he's almost always good for personal foul, uh, especially in a big moment, which is super frustrating. But he has made some big plays for them recently. He's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Kyle Van Noy over a quarter of a sack because you're almost doubling up here. It's plus 195. Uh, the dude has been on a little bit of a tear as well. And, you know, the Chiefs throw the ball a lot. So... Kyle Van Noy last week was on the field for 57% of the plays, which is up from, you know, he was hovering below, he was below 50% for the previous two games before the playoffs and right around there, 61, 64. So this is right in the range for him, uh, but they put him in a good position to, uh, you know, to get a sack. And if Baltimore is leading late, we know Kansas city is going to play in that shotgun a lot and be passing the ball a lot. We know Mahomes likes to extend plays too. So that's why both my sack picks in that game are on the Baltimore side. I expect them to maybe be on the field a little bit more. And if they're not, we know KC is going to be passing. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's good stuff right there. Um, yeah, they had a, a, a bit of a rotation this year, but Van Noy showed up many times throughout the season and had uh, excellent games and, and has been really good for them. So, yeah, that's that's a good bet right there. Uh, and it's the point two five. That's always important. Yeah, yeah. Just get give me a half, baby. Come on, let's go, Kyle. That's it. Jump on the, the pile. only Raven I'm 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 rooting for here are the ones I bet on. <laughs> there you go. Nice. I got another uh, Raven I'm rooting for this week. Um, this is a high number, but I do think if things line up correctly, Roquan Smith could get over eight and a half combined tackles. Uh, it it is minus one fifty, so Vegas thinks it's probably likely or close to likely. Uh, if we get rid of um, the the regular season Chiefs offense and look more at the recent Chiefs Chiefs offense, right? The the last couple of playoff games, the last four games of the season, uh, we see that they really have been featuring Pacheco quite a bit more. And with Kelsey getting kind of back hot again and those short catches over the middle, I think that's a good floor for Roquan right there. And he's Roquan Smith. I mean, yeah. if it, you know what I mean? It, that's that's never a bad bet to begin with. And and there's a version of this game where KC is running a lot and, you know, short passes over the middle and Roquan's right there almost every play. And uh, I think that's a good setup. Yeah, that minus 150 really, like you said at the beginning of that statement there, that says Vegas kind of expects it to happen because the juice is very bad. So what I like to do with stuff like that, if I really believe in a bet and I hate the juice, I like to pair it with something else small, you know, uh, maybe a low wide receiver total that you really like or receptions total or just whatever your other favorite bet is, pair it, turn it into plus money or right around even money on the juice and go from there. So yeah, smart idea. And like, like we said before, these guys are going to be on the field for 100% of the snaps, these middle linebackers. And they're some of the highest paid middle linebackers and, you know, winning awards and stuff because they are around the ball all the time, getting all these tackles. So yeah, I, I, it, it's hard not to like a bet on those middle linebackers that are playing every single snap. Yeah, and, and and speaking of that, last week, uh, all the IDP bets I made last week, the linebacker ones were were fine. Everything else was a dumpster fire. Linebacker <laughs> ones were fine. <laughs> yeah, there was some there was some weird uh, time of possession last week as well. Uh, my next one, I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson over uh, three quarters of a sack, 0.75. It is minus money. It's minus 105, but we talked about this before. We kind of expect San Francisco to have the ball for a lot of the game. And also the line has been a little shaky uh, for the Niners recently. And Hutchinson has, doesn't he have like five sacks in his last three games? He's been on quite a tear. So we're just seeing Hutchinson take his game to another level right here. And, you know, the juice isn't the best, but the player is. So I'm betting on Aiden Hutchinson getting to Brock Purdy at least once. Nice. Yep. Yeah. He's been in a different mode for these playoffs. It feels like, yeah. I like that quite a bit. Uh, I got I got nothing left. You got any others? Or I was just pulling up the uh, the list here to see if there's anything else that stuck I got, out. And I got one more. By the way, I'm looking up Hutchinson. It's three, five, seven, eight sacks in his last four games. So Ooh. just wow. taking himself to another level. The last one that I have is just because I love the juice on it. It's Chase Young over a quarter of a sack, 0.25 at plus 160. So one and a half times your money there. You know, I don't know. Chase Hutchinson has been hit or miss. He's been mainly missed, but he was on the field a lot last week. I believe it was over 65% of the snaps for, for defensive end. 
That's pretty strong. Let's see. Let me just double check this. It was 67% of the snaps he was on the field for. And if San Francisco does get up and Jared Goff in the second half is forced to play from behind and throw the ball a lot, then you're just, you know, you're putting yourself in position to potentially get a sack here uh, for Chase Young. So th those are all the ones that I have. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I was listening to NFL radio today, and they were talking about that, how the, the Lions' likely game plan is going to be uh, worry about Bosa, worry about Hargrave, and kind of just let Chase Young one-on-one -on -one do his thing because he hasn't been super effective lately, but we know he can be. We, we saw it on Washington. We saw spurts of it in San Francisco, and, you know, now's the time. Yeah, it's a, yeah, this is what they traded it uh, for him for, is this moment right here. So this in the Super Bowl, so go out and make a big play and make it worth it, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, good stuff. Uh, yeah, we there are not a ton of IDP bets this week. Let's 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 just shift up and maybe any other like team bets, uh, totals, anything else you got going on this week. I, I did some of those specials. Like, you know how DK and FanDuel oh, have Oh, yeah, the, which specials did you do? Yeah, um... You know, each each team gets uh, two passing touchdowns. Felt like that might be likely. That was like plus twelve hundred or something. I always throw like five bucks at something like that. Yeah. Um. I think I did. Uh. Chiefs money line over thirty nine and a half combined, and then uh. Niners money line with over like forty two and a half or something. Mix that all together. It's like plus three hundred something. So, did did a decent chunk on that. What, what else you got on the books for this weekend? Uh, I kind of like the Zay Flowers over 41 and a half. Uh, don't hate that number. He has been used more and more often recently. I really like Jamison Williams bets uh, recently because obviously Laporta is not playing at 100%. And he's kind of, you know, Laporta is still the third guy, even though he's gimpy. But Jamison has been getting some targets downfield. So I like, I think his total is 27 and a half this week. He always has a pretty low longest reception one as mm. well um and that this week is uh, and that's a know. good bet because when he catches one it's usually to the house you know, a good amount of the time let's see long, long bomb. it's weird i'm i'm looking oh yards on long they're doing separate bets now here that you can <laughs> bet for him to have the longest reception which i haven't seen before but is uh over 16 and a half all these are like oh, yeah. between minus 110 and minus or minus 120 and minus 105 somewhere in that neighborhood his is minus 115 so 16 and a half like if you're gonna bet that you know the ladder bet where you know you can do the alt yards or whatever i you know up to 45 i think i might go on jamison williams is one of my favorite ones especially since it sets up that they're uh you know they should be playing from behind if the line is right here. So um, that's all I have for now. I usually wait a little bit longer to, you know, see some injury report things, get into Friday or Saturday and uh, make my bets then. But that that's all I have on, on the books right now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I saw someone do something with uh, Jamison Williams earlier this year that I thought was crazy. Uh, they were, they were doing this bet where it's like 60, you know, 50 plus yards, 60 plus yards. Uh, so obviously big plus money on the yards with a touchdown and then under on receptions all packaged together. So like, <laughs> like, le like two or three receptions, 60 yards and a touchdown. And you want and that, that one big play. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and it really, really screws up the system. When you put all that math together, it ends up being like over plus a thousand because Vegas thinks more yards and a touchdown equals a lot of receptions, but that's not Jamison Williams sometimes. So it could be good too.
big playmaker. Yeah, big downfield guy. And look, and whatever the reception props is on Amonra St. Brown, I think is pretty safe every single week. And it has been safe for uh it has been safe for Rasheed Rice. Let me just double check those. Uh Rice right now is six and a half, and that's plus one twenty-four. So not terrible. Yeah. And then Amonra is seven and a half, and it's even money. So higher totals, seven and a half, six and a half. But if I'm betting on reception props, I like those guys. Yep. Good stuff there. Like that. Um, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Uh What's the over under on uh Adam versus Corona. Adam versus Corona. He he is uh minus four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna come out of it. He's, he's fine. So. No, yeah, no, he's fine. He's fine. He, pr- he probably could have gone tonight, but, uh, you know, we gave him the night off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, we don't want it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, stay home. I heard you can get it through the Internet now, so I don't like it. <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right. Well, uh, if that's all we got, that's all we got. It is what it is. Two games. Yeah, left in the two air. games. Yeah. That's it. What are you guys going to do for the Super Bowl? Are you going to go like through every single bet that they offer and say yes or no? Are you going to do like the check mark? You should do you that that you guys should run that. You guys should do like a check mark game of see who gets the most right. Uh, okay, that's a good question. What's your favorite wacky Super Bowl bet to make? Every, uh, oh, every it's got to be the color of the Gatorade. I oh, mean, okay. Gatorade color has to, which is kind of I don't know, like for Baltimore it's got to be purple, right? I mean, Kansas City, San Francisco, I feel like it has to be red. Um and for the Lions, it has to be blue. So I guess we narrow it down to four colors. Maybe that's not that fun. I mean, it's nice to start the night right on the coin flip, right? Yeah. To bet on the coin flip is yeah. a lot of fun to start the, the night. Um, but, you know, if you lose that one, it doesn't set a very good tone for the rest of the game, I'll say. So, you know, let me see that coin. What, what kind of weight dispersal do we have on the logo here? You know, I want I want to see all that stuff. I want to I see someone get into that like that. But, yeah, they're always crazy ones. But uh, maybe amount of commercials or uh, fastest commercial, I think, was on there one year. It was like, well, is it going to be over under 10 seconds or something? So, and I don't even know if they sell spots that short. So, but yeah, there's all kinds of wacky fun ones for the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I'm sure you guys will have a lot of fun with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I, sh- I, you know, last year they, they let you bet on the octopus and I, I was like, there's no way that's not happening. And of course it happens. J- Jalen hurts right at the end there. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never, uh, if I'm betting on that at a Red Wings game, uh, it's always minus 6,000. So. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Uh, well, Scott, tell the uh, tell the people where they can find your stuff. Uh, it you know, whatever in season, off season, and uh, any yeah, I got a lot of baseball coming Ooh. up right now. A lot of baseball with the Welsh and I over at in this league. So uh, please check that out in this league.com. We'll take you to our Patreon, or if you listen to podcasts in this league, fantasy baseball on uh, you know. Spotify or wherever you listen. Same thing with our fantasy football podcast. Uh, we have been doing some betting shows, but the Welsh is moving this weekend. So probably not going to get to it uh, this weekend, but you can catch me over at fantasy pros and betting pros as well, or just follow my Twitter at Bogman sports. And I tweet all my stuff out there. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, th- well, thank you, Scott. It's uh, been a pleasure as always. We-, we love having you on. Thank you, Johnny. See ya. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week. Same time, same place. Good luck, everyone, and we'll catch you for the Super Bowl. Take care. Bye-bye.
Wasting daylight, fighting over wrong, right? Oh well, I'm like, what's new? I'm like, what's new? 